Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the TTE podcast. And one of the things that I'm really proud of with this podcast is that this kind of started off as one thing and has sort of evolved into another. And what this has sort of evolved into is a, a safe place to have a tough conversation. So I think today, in light of two of the more um, large and explosive uh, sports stories that have uh, hit this week, I thought it would be good to to run the four-corner offense here and kind of unpack some of this because I think these things are um, require some unpacking. I don't think it's things that are as straightforward as what they appear or as as much as what the media narrative might be. So with that, Brian, Pat, Allen, uh, good evening, guys. Um, you know, salutations, all the all that good stuff. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Hello. So uh, the title of this episode is the four corner offense against John versus John Gruden and Kyrie Irving. Not that we have beef with them, but um, I kind of want to unpack it a little bit. Um, So I guess, I guess we just start with Gruden. So I guess, and Pat, I'll start with you. Just your just initial thoughts about what happened last Friday with the comments and then how it all unfolded in terms of him getting to coach the game Sunday the other shoe dropping on Monday, and then now, you know, by Wednesday, Tampa Bay has removed him from the Ring of Honor. Like, this thing moved, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, you know, it just moved faster than I think anybody could really yep. appreciate. So I'm just curious, you know, I want everybody to kind of jump in on this, but Pat, I'll start with you. Just your overall, what is your thought about all of this? <clears throat> well, uh <laughs> Where do I start? I guess what uh, I like to know is how all of this happened. Uh, and I guess we were talking about it in, in a text thread where uh, someone audited his email as was it part of the Washington Redskins mis- investigation? I'm still trying to figure that part the, out. That is correct. So for context, for people who don't know, the Washington football team was under investigation for the culture that ran through the organization. So that investigation wrapped up in July and then that investigation contained roughly 650,000 emails. Some of those emails were leaked to the New York times and the wall street journal. And they included emails that John Gruden coach of the Las Vegas Raiders now, which is still a weird thing to say out loud. I feel like it, there'll always be Oakland in my mind, but uh, emails that he wrote, 10 years ago had very disparaging comments first about the um, head of the players association who was a black man. And then later about basically any marginalized group, whether you were a woman, whether you were um, gay, whether you were, um, you know, feeling a certain way about concussions and player safety, like nobody was spared um, in the breath of Gruden spewing all this evil stuff. So I just, wanted to set that context so i'll you know pat i'll well, go back to you I, now yeah i guess <laughs> so did he get caught with that was he sending an email to someone that worked at the redskins is that what yes was going on? he was emailing the president of the club explaining okay. various positions that he had or various beefs he had with people or topics i see so he wasn't coaching he was an espn employee at that time right wasn't he yeah he was the lead he was the lead analyst for monday night football he was basically john madden mike tirico 
Okay, I probably should have put up, connected all these dots beforehand. I just, I guess, um, well, I, I suppose I'm not shocked. I think I told you guys that, you know, I think Gruden is, um, is, is just one of many people that uh, coach football either at the, you know, peewee level, high school, college. This is a mentality, <clears throat> unfortunately, that that has been, uh, you know, prevalent in our society for forever, really, when you think about it. So was I shocked to hear that John Gruden, a guy from, I think he's from Ohio, right? Isn't he Who from like, Sandusky? Yeah, but he's yeah. from he's he's an Ohio guy. Am I surprised to hear that you know he carried on like this? Absolutely not. I think every white male my age or even younger has has a John Gruden in their family somewhere, right? You know, whether that's your dad, your uncle, grandpa. You know, these are the kind of uh, tropes and things that unfortunately continue to be in the mainstream. Uh, well, not mainstream, but in this case. Uh, conversations behind closed doors, not in front of people. And I don't know, I guess my, my take is uh, good riddance, really, I guess. But, you know, um, I also look at the other side of it and I see stuff that happened so long ago. And I wonder, well, geez, did, has he had an opportunity to change his mind on that? Chances are probably not, right? <laughs> I mean, the only reason we're having this conversation is because this stuff came out and who knows maybe they'll have emails from last season or the season before i don't I have no idea where he's talking like this but i guess uh lesson learned uh your work email is not private uh it never is and don't say shit like this to people on uh any work email yeah i think that's a, um that's probably the best psa that that, that you could put out there uh, alan what did what were your initial thoughts about all this well, yeah, so there, there's been a lot. My, my, my initial thought was was similar, you know, not overly shocked. Um, I also thought, and, and Dennis, I have a feeling that, you, that you've got some emotion this way. I thought it was a pretty neat deflection that a, a really, really wealthy owner whose entire team's culture is being attacked and has been attacked for multiple years. Um, and it's a, it's a coach who's underachieved since one Super Bowl win and makes a ton of money um, for a uh, flagship franchise is the one who ends up the big loser out of it. Uh, probably not coincidental there. Um, I think it's, uh, th- th- you know, and, and I'm, look, I, I'm not here to do John Gruden any favors. Cause I mean, I, I was in the Keyshawn Johnson camp that I thought he won with Tony Dungy's team. <laughs> you thought he was, you thought he was a fraud. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was lucky as shit that the Raiders center lost his freaking mind the night before the Super Bowl. you know? And, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, he, did go, he, he, went to T, he went to Tijuana or something, didn't yeah. he? Like the night before the game. So, so I've never been a Gruden guy. I never bought into all that. Um, and, and, and especially, you know, I get the, you know, when you see a Greenwald or some of these other people defending uh, the 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 right to evolve, uh, I buy that argument a lot more when it's evolving from age 16 to 22, 18 to 25. Because uh, we were all, I mean, if you haven't evolved since 
you were 16, 17, because I mean, we were all morons back then, right? I mean, hell, hell, we were morons when we were 22. But, um, but we're all different people than we were then. Um, so so I, I'm, I'm okay with that right to evolve idea. But I think it's different when you've been in this you can veer into that urban Meyer lane a little bit too, where like, you know, it's different when you create this public persona of some great leader of men. Um, at, at that point, um, now you've, you've kind of uh, forfeited your right to just claim that, oh, I'm a different person than I was in 2011 because you were supposedly a leader of men back then and before then. Um, so th- that was kind of my, my knee-jerk reaction. Not shocked. Uh, the um, There's probably a whole lot of real guilty people that aren't going to get uh, the punishment they deserve. And and, um, and I think if if Gruden had been to the playoffs the last couple of years with the Raiders, that I don't even know if these would have come out. Yeah, that's a good point. And I do think that that great man theory of leadership, the idea that you can move people to do things that they wouldn't normally do through the sheer will of your personality. I think Gruden fits into that. Um, and that's an effective way to lead both good and bad because i can cite examples of leaders who were charismatic who sort of led from from both perspectives brian what was your initial thought around around all of this uh well uh i'll vary a little bit i think i'm probably going to hit a lot of the same you know tones that you guys hit but my first thought was man um what would al davis do in this situation because al davis is definitely or was definitely the type of guy who was very litigious, didn't really care what the league office said about anything. He was going to do whatever he wanted. And if he wanted Gruden to stay and he felt that strongly, would Gruden stay? I'd like to think that probably if Al Davis is there, I think Al Davis would be, I know he could be stubborn, but I think like he would be smart enough to realize like, this is not something, this is not the hill to die on. Not well, for, the, not, that, not for that. If, if you dig in, sorry to interrupt you, but if you dig into, I, I know I mentioned the athletic here and there, and they, they probably have to start paying me for the freaking plugs I throw. Uh, but, you know, Marcus Thompson is a guy who writes for them, and he's an Oakland guy. And he um, has written at length that what the Raiders once meant to community and all of that, you know, despite, despite the, the, the Al had that reputation of just being this big rebel. Um, uh, and, and so MT's take was kind of like, you know, Al Davis probably wouldn't have hired him in the first place. And, and his ghost was probably pissed that, that, that he got hired in the first place. Well, it, well that, and that's a, that's a good perspective too. Um, Cause I also thought about like, the other thing is that if you think of the legacy of Al Davis in terms of like, he hired Amy Trask, like, you know, one of the first women executives in football and certainly he hired art shell you know it's the first black head coach so i feel like on some level um i mean for what he had done he probably would not have um maybe probably wouldn't have uh put his you know like i said it's not a hill for him to die on um but my initial thought was i mean like you guys said i wasn't shocked um you know, as my wife would say, color me surprised, right? That somebody feels that way. Um, but I kind of agree with you, Pat, in a sense that, um, you know, yes, you should not do that on your work email. You probably shouldn't put those things in print. And really, in theory, you should not be having those kind of, you know, in a perfect world, nobody would be thinking like that. Um, 
and we may expand on it or maybe talk about it too, but if, if you put those things in there 10, 11 years ago or however long it was, but let's say you're not that person. Now, let's say you had some epiphany, you evolved, you've had some things in your life that, you know, um, certainly that's your worst public moment. People are going to see that, but, um, is he that way? I don't know. I mean, only the people around him could say that. Um, but if he was different, I don't know that there's going to be an opportunity for him to show that he was, that he's changed. Um, and just from a leadership perspective, I feel like Mark Davis probably would have let him slide or he probably would have kept his job if it was just the comments about the union guy, about DeMora Smith. He probably was like, okay, we could probably weather this because it didn't seem like they were going to do anything. At least it didn't seem like it. But then once that avalanche hit on Monday or the other stuff that came out, I was like, okay, this is not something that, um, that we can get past. And just like you said, from a leadership perspective, you can't with a league that's over 70% black to, to have that. And then also make the comment about um, using, you know, gay slurs as well. And then now you got the first openly active gay player on your roster. There's no way that you can lead that team. Like there's just, I, I just don't see a way that you could have led that team. So just eat. So like he had to go. Yeah, he had to go. And I will tell you guys, my first thought was, my initial thought to this was there's more to this story than just him making this comment in an email 10 years ago. Cause my mm-hmm. first thought was why was this coming out now? And using history as an indicator, I've learned in situations like this, not to overreact initially. And my thought, my thought goes to um, the Duke lacrosse players who were accused of raping this girl when come to find out they never raped that girl at all. And those guys had their lives turned upside down as a result of that experience. So my initial thought was, okay, let's wait a minute here. It's wrong what he said and everything else. But then when Monday came and they broke in the middle of the Monday night football game to say he was out because of all these other comments, Then I started thinking, like, big picture, like, who is leaking this information? Why are they leaking it? And why are we talking about John Gruden if the source of this information has to do with a team on the other side of the country? So having an opportunity to sort of digest it all, and this is kind of what I want to unpack here. I guess I have two initial thoughts now. The first one is this seems to be a situation where this investigation ended in July. So the NFL is sitting on all of this information, but you purposefully leak this to get rid of Gruden. So the first thing I want to know is why did you do that? And secondly, it appears that you're protecting someone. Who are you protecting? Because it came out today that Adam Schefter, and for those that don't know, Adam Schefter is a reporter for ESPN who breaks big-time stories in real time. He got accused, not accused, but there is email evidence that he uh, forwarded a story that he was going to run 10 years ago and gave it to the president of the Washington team and say, make any adjustments to this before um, I send it out because you're my editor, which is highly unethical as a journalist you don't give sources that type of oversight over the work you're about to put out into the public so it just seems like there's a whole other agenda here and howard bryant howard bryant who was a journalist pointed something out 
um, Brian, I think you said to me, which is something akin to this is nothing more than the power structure working with other power structures to protect the power that they have. Because now everybody wants to see all these 650,000 emails to see what's in them. And I agree at this point, like we should see it, but I'm not confident that we're ever going to see it because honestly, this is a league that's full of rich white men. And this might be how rich white men talk when no one's around. That's sort of my first thought. And then my second thought is John Gruden to me. I thought his comment was very, very revealing about I don't have a blade of racism in me. And then the other comments come out. John Gruden strikes me as the type of guy who gets mad and says the first thing that comes to mind, but genuinely believes that he's not racist or homophobic. And the only person I could compare him to is the guy who used to own Papa John's. I believe that guy in his heart believes he's not racist. But if that guy gets pissed, he starts spewing a bunch of shit. And I'm curious what you guys, and I just open it up to you guys, do you feel as if the NFL has some sort of hidden agenda here? And if they do, what do you think, and I know I'm asking you to speculate, but what do you think they have to hide here? Because John Gruden making comments in an email 10 years ago, this doesn't, the math is off to me. So I'm curious, I'll open up to you guys, what do you guys think? So, so I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one because I think about this a lot. I try to tee these things up for you. I was going to say, let me get my drink. You know, I'm cozy in for a while. I I thought this was a a J. Edgar Hoover shot across the bow from the league office to a lot of people to say, hey, just as a reminder. You know, we can turn the Twitter universe onto any one of you that we want at any time. Without fear of repercussion. Like, who's there to hold them accountable? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like it's one of those things where, like, you need lawyers for your lawyers. It's that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, agreed. And, 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 and it's a reminder, you know, when you... So that that that's the big thing is I think there's there's something, um, you, you know when when you think about uh, like like what's the old saying like um, how how do you figure out who's really in control, um, who is it that's not getting criticized, um, and I I think that like I said I, I think it's just kind of a a reminder to some folks. Of, uh, of of kind of keeping people in line, you know, m- making sure they they understand that they've got dirt on a lot of folks, and but from a a aver- but that doesn't really affect us. I mean, it's just a matter of who's going to get you know canned for something stupid down the road. You know, I I don't really care which one of these rich people goes down next. But the Schefter thing was what jumped out at me. Because it was confirmation of what a lot of us already knew about how I think I think the Red Sox and the Boston media were the most famous for it. It's like the Red Sox would trade a player and you would just sit back and wait for all of the terrible articles from the Boston Globe to cascade down about what a oh, they're a clubhouse cancer. Oh, they didn't do this. Oh, they you know, 
kick dogs on the way into the fucking stadium. You know, just all, I mean, um, that, you know, these guys get access at a price. And that price is that they carry the water for these guys. And, and, and it's, you know, like, I mean, I know you guys get tired of hearing me talk. I'm not going to say the certain brand name because Patrick will lose his shit if I do. But, you know, just the, the, the shout out Nike. <laughs> but oh, the, I'm not going to lose my shit. <laughs> but the, the, the way when you when somebody's getting real positive press or the press is really pushing a certain narrative, um, they're not doing it for fun. They're doing it because they've been instructed to do that or else they will lose their access. Well, I mean, uh, well, to add to this, are, are any of us shocked that a league that's basically all male driven as far as top down ownership, most of the front office, all of the coaches, I think there might be one female coach on Detroit or San Francisco, but. Are we surprised? Oh, yeah, this, well, there's like five or six. There's like five or six. Okay, uh, so there's a, a, a few female assistant coaches, but that's just in the last few years. Are we surprised that this kind of behavior goes on on company email? I mean, are we really that shocked by? It? I wasn't. I was like, oh, okay. So he probably well, well, shouldn't I, have I, done I, that, but I, did, he probably never thought that any of that would ever come to light. So I guess that's what Dennis well, as a football is. yeah as a football yeah. coach Pat I think you're right I think he's thinking oh this is just email I think for those of us that actually work in the real world my that was another initial thought I was like you can't be this dumb to put it in a company email but then I thought you know what you're a football coach you're not thinking about company email and this coming back on you and you don't live in that not. space you live in cover two and third and three that's the world you live in. <laughs> And he yeah, probably hint- the- he probably chicken pecked it too, like you know, with the fingers. Like he probably typed it out, just you know, just, <laughs> just jabbing at it, hunt and peck. Yeah, <laughs> guys, what, what's probably aside from the smoke screens around, like or the warning shots to other people, you know, that the shit that started all of this is, they, I mean, it was they were borderline forcing their freaking cheerleaders into prostitution. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. A big part of these emails were, you know, they're being forced to post topless and this and that. And my guess is there's a portion of this that's just trying to uh, let's pick a couple of heads to roll. So maybe people will forget about the fact that we were having our biggest, you know, season ticket holders. We were holding, you know, freaking meetings with these guys where cheerleaders making, you know, $17 a game or something obscenely ridiculous are being forced to come in and like essentially give these guys lap dances. So I'm, I think they're really trying to get people to forget what the WFT was really up to this whole time. Well, you know, to, to that point, when Dennis, you were making a comment about, uh, is there something, who are you protecting on some level? I feel like they're protecting Daniel Snyder because the NFL does not really just take teams away. Like in the way that they did Sterling, like for sports is pretty rare, but you know, uh, the NFL, they've never really dealt with something like that. Maybe the dude from Carolina, the old, old man from Carolina, they took his team. Jerry Richardson. Yeah. That was yes. like real, like, I don't, well, that was real hush hush in terms of that was very the, stealth, the, like, the sexual harassment and things he was and, doing. And, like, and, in, yeah. and my understanding was it wasn't just a one-time thing. There was like a culture of it. So they just came in there and quietly said, we found somebody to buy your team. 
So this is happening. And I think, like, to your point, Alan, I think it, I think it was you that said it, but basically, okay, because we don't want this at all. So what's the best way to change the subject here? Oh, we got these emails from Gruden. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to let Green take the fall. He's conversing with somebody who's already been fired from the Washington football team. So that guy doesn't work there anymore. Hey, but, Brian, uh, can, I, can I stop you right there? Can I just challenge that for a second? I think that makes sense, except the public had largely forgot about this investigation. So at some point, it's like if the public forgot – what do you gain by leaking it? Because I do think the Sterling thing has changed the culture because now given the world we live in today, if they thought that they could leak this and then put this back under the rug, they grossly miscalculated how the world works today. The public by and large is not going to stand for them sitting on close to three quarters of a million emails and just say there's nothing to see here like this well, wasn't a story until they leaked it well here's the thing so here is and certainly we're all you know conspiracy bill hat remember that guy um so is it possible that i think it was the new york times that leaked the demora smith thing right so it is possible that somehow some way some reporter got a hold of that so, so all it takes is one. And then once that comes out, and then they find out that this is out there, is it possible they're like, okay, well, there's blood in the water. We got to throw some chum out there because obviously people are going to start connecting the dots. So well, how, why are you looking at an email from Gruden from 10 years ago to a Washington Redskin executive, right? And then, because that's part of discovery, right? So it's possible that maybe somehow some intrepid reporter got their hands on something and then the league was figured out, okay, well, they're going to figure, or they connected the dots to it, and then they just threw a little chum out there to kind of get people off the scent. So, yeah, Gruden is collateral damage, Schefter's collateral damage. It's possible there's going to be other people that are going to be collateral damage. But the league has already said they're not releasing anything else from that. And and I've also and I also heard that I came up with one of the radios or pods that I listen to. I listen to quite a few. But there was something to the effect of um when they did this, when they hired the outside counsel to do this investigation, supposedly, and I think I find this hard to believe, but this was all one of those investigations where uh, they did it with Chauncey Billups when Portland hired him to be the head coach. They did an investigation, but it was one of those things where they did no documents, documentation of it. It was all verbal. So like, there's no like trail, so to speak, which I find that hard to believe. Something of this magnitude, you got six, almost a million emails, which I find that that would be hard to believe. But on the same time, like, why would you not want to keep emails aside? Why would you not want to keep records of the investigation itself? Listen, this is a sports pod, but tip of the cap to you for using the word intrepid in the right context. I, that that's impressive. <laughs> that, <laughs> that that is that is imp- that's impressive. Still, tip of the cap to you, hey, Dennis. I, I you know what I had to bring my A game. So, Dennis, I I, I do like where you went there though, because you know, I, me being who I am, I kind of immediately go to that um, shots across the bow by the higher ups type of uh, angle. Um, I, I I appreciate you bringing in the 
potential angle of what if this leak is more of the NFL Edward Snowden style type of thing of, hey, everybody forgot about this shit, but I can I can throw something out there that's going to get this going again um, to, to make people aware of what's going on. I think that's an interesting concept to kick around. Yeah, I, I just think there's a bigger story here than Gruden making all these terrible comments in an email 10 years ago. And the other thing I think about is the one newspaper in this country that could devote resources, because you know newspapers have disappeared across the country. But the one newspaper that could devote resources to really do the type of investigative journalism that's necessary to really go through all of this is the Washington Post, home of the Pentagon paper, you know, all of that stuff. And then you start take a step back. Well, who owns the Washington Post? Bezos. Jeff Bezos. And Bezos has wanted to he wants he's been wanting to buy that team for forever. So now I've got a rich white guy pissing contest where this guy's trying to expose all of the dirt to be able to buy it at a cheaper price, which is what you would do when you have leverage. Like, and so John Gruden, I don't feel bad for Gruden and what he said. He gets everything that he deserves, but he's collateral damage in this. Like, I feel like everybody's focusing on this and not on the real story, which is, which is this is the way that rich white people talk when no one is looking and they think they're safe. And now Bezos might have all of this evidence and use it as leverage against the NFL to buy a team, and they don't want him as part of their club. To me, if that's what this is, then now I want it all exposed. Does Jerry Jones talk like this? Does Robert Kraft talk like this? Was Jay-Z hired as a palate cleanser to get everybody to calm down after Kaepernick? And here's the thing. If Gruden can say all this stuff in an email be the guy for Monday Night Football, coach the Raiders, $100 million contract, but you guys, and said all this stuff about Eric Reed, but you guys won't let Kaepernick back in? Like, well, the, whole, well, the whole shit is just, like, like we're, I feel like we're just focusing on the wrong thing. Well, and, and that's the thing I also thought about, too, was that if, if they have all this, if they're pulling up emails about Gruden from 10 years ago saying all kinds of crazy, wild shit, um, what is that discovery if Kaepernick really took it to court? Like those That's emails, why they settled out of court with Kaepernick, because once the discovery hit, we can't have this out in the public. So but, yes, we will but cut now, but you that, a but check that, but that just done. but that just but that just whets the appetite of because you have that what if. So that just whets the appetite of well, what else is in these emails? Right. I don't think that they're ever going to cave. I don't think the NFL is going to cave to the pressure to release those emails. They've already said they're not going to. Um, That's where we need Julian Assange to come in and get him for us. And then post it. They're on a server somewhere. You can't tell me they printed out close to a million emails. They're on a server somewhere. Oh, they are for sure. Yeah, some some DC law office or something. Yeah, they it's there. But but then you got a free Julian Assange. I think he's in custody somewhere, isn't he? I think he's in Russia, isn't he? No, hold on. No, that's Snowden. Oh, that's Snowden. Yeah, he's somewhere in Europe somewhere. I thought they, I thought they got him. I mean, never mind. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole work. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Pod. Yeah, completely. But to me, and so I'm just curious what you guys think. But I just think there's a bigger story here than 
Gruden and what he said. What he said was horrible. It can't be, you know, challenged. It can't, it, you know, you can't like defend it. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter like, well, I can't believe, like, if you're going to get rid of him, then you got to get rid of this, this, this. It's like, hold on. This false equivalency has to stop. There has to be a recognition that the world's changed and that people's humanity is to be cherished and valued. And he didn't do that. And he can't be a leader of men or a leader in general. And anybody who's listening to this, I would encourage you to listen to like the two minute clip from the Chargers head coach about what it means to be a coach and the privilege and the honor it is that someone would actually call you coach. Like, I really, I'm 42 years old, and I want to run through a wall for that coach. Like, he has it right on so many things, and he's a young guy. But, again, I just think there's a bigger story here, and you sacrifice Gruden almost when you didn't have to because no one, everybody forgot about this story. And now that it's out there, and then for the NFL to say, well, we're not going to release anything else, but then you release, release the Schefter stuff today, it's like, I don't understand here, and now that it's out in the ether, you know, we live in a real conspiracy theory sort of world now. Like, obviously, there's an agenda here, and so I I, I just don't know. So I know people, this might be a controversial statement for some, but this is why representation matters. This is why people need to be at the table with diversity of thought at a minimum, because there are a lot of people that are kind of winking and nodding saying, yeah, Goodell, you know, shut all this down. Like, we don't need this out here. And it's like, yeah, but you still want money from gay people. You still want money from black people. You still want money from Jewish people. But it's okay to insult them behind closed doors. What, what, eh, what you, like, I think we like Sterling proved, I think we're we're. We we're starting to we're not there, but we're starting to at least be willing publicly to have a conversation to say that that shit ain't right. I to your point about representation, um, and then I'll back out here. But I saw on Sports Center last night they said that uh, Jerry Jones made some like you know we I don't say weak comment, but he really didn't say anything. But the owner who really said who the first owner that said that yeah Gruden had to go ironically was the owner of the Jaguars. Which is ironic because, well, <laughs> you know, because he's Pakistani. Like he's the only person no, 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 of color no, 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 in the no, room. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm talking about looking head. Look at his head coach's situation. His head coach was playing tiddlywinks <laughs> in a bar. And now, and now you're saying and you're saying somebody else's coach has got to go. Like no, hold on, hold on, hold on. In defense, hold on. In defense, Ur- what Urban Meyer does in his private life is not a fireable offense. I don't. Th- true, I, I, true. In this particular true. instance, I don't think him being fired. That, that's a bit of a false equivalency for me. Although I, the irony's not lost on me, I will say. Yeah, yeah, it's, say. Well, it it all yeah. depends on what's in his contract, though, Dennis. I mean, if he if they could sh- if he violated something in his contract, that that could they could show cause for that and can his ass. I don't know what's well, in it, but you know that that alone should not do it. But that plus, if you've lost your locker room, that's a one way ticket out. Like the that incident aside. Bingo! That's it right there. I think I think it's the two things added together equal. Yeah, this might not be a good look, but that by itself because he's not the first coach to do that. Martellus Bennett said on Twitter that he <laughs> please he tell this story. This is funny. He said, he said he played on a team where a where a, where a coach and a player were sleeping with the same woman, and the coach was upset because 
he really loved this woman. And the player was just like, yeah, that's just my plaything, right? Like, so, so this stuff happens all the time. So Urban's not the first, he's not going to be the last. Why you let it happen in your own restaurant is a different discussion. But it's just, it, it's, not, it's not a foreign concept. What was it, Buddy Ryan's kid sucking toes or something? I mean, that wasn't, I mean, that was a few years ago. <laughs> There's that too. No, nah, my favorite is, uh, I told you guys, my favorite is Rick Pitino in a white suit in the back of a bar in Louisville having sex with a woman that's not his wife on a pool table in the back of a campus bar. Like, you're right. This happens all the time. Oh, yeah. He's um, a classic so, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The irony's not lost on me, but I also thought it was ironic that the only person willing to speak up that was an owner was the one owner that was Pakistani, the one person that was not a white male. Everybody else kind of towed the company line and kind of shut up about it, but I just don't think... I mean, it would not surprise me if these guys start stalking them through airports and in their personal lives like they're a senator from Arizona who won't answer very specific questions about legislation. But um, I guess I'll just wrap this by saying, what do you guys think happens next? Do you think that, you know, I'm not naive enough to think that, oh, no one's going to watch on Sundays or the players are just going to go on strike for a week. I'm not that naive, but. I'm curious, like, do you think more will come out? Do you think the NFL will just take a an iron curtain to the whole thing and nothing's getting out anymore and we got to move on? And, you know, I, I, I'm curious what you guys think about what comes next because I just don't think you can put the toothpaste back in the tube here. I, I think you're go- people are going to keep asking questions and badgering them until all the information comes out. Well, <clears throat> uh, I don't. I, I think the NFL will do the best they can to not allow that to happen. I mean, it's not in their interest to show all of the email to the public, but um, I think they'll do what they. Can. I mean, the problem is their product. Uh, it still entertains a large majority of males between the ages of what twenty and sixty, so. That's a large amount of people you're talking about. So ultimately, I don't think anything's going to happen from it, unfortunately. It's something should, but my guess is that it'll probably be swept under the rug. You got your Patsy and John Gruden. This was the, this is your fall guy. Well, for whatever reason, he's the guy. Uh, and that's that. That's- yeah, I think they're going to do their best to keep it under wraps, they're not going to release anything. Uh, and if they do, they're going to be drug kicking and screaming. I think the NFLPA uh, has already filed suit to have access to them or try to get them released. Um, and certainly the women who filed suit against the Redskins or the Washington football team, they filed suit as well. So I think they're going to fight it out in court. But until they are made to turn it over or release it, um, they're not they're going to be mum on it and say, that's it. Yeah, um, you know, if it's a league thing, so if this was a rogue, if this was an Edward Snowden, we might have some more fun to come. Um, I doubt that. Um, I think the. uh, you know, I, I mentioned my theory. If the Gruden thing was a shot across the bow of of uh, 
a lot of people, a lot of uh, coaches and employees. Um, I think the Schefter thing was the same for the media. Um, so that, you know, hey, hey, you may come forward with something, but uh, we will end your career. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't think Schefter's career is over, but um, but only because he won't lose his access because he's going to fall in line. Um, but, but uh, you know, if it's uh, um, so, 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 I, so I think it probably ends here. Um, like I said, unless we're unless the conspiracy theorists who live among us are pleasantly surprised and this is actually somebody different who's throwing this shit out here, here and there, then it could get interesting. But my, my instinct is it probably dies for you. I will say, and I, I think I'll just end it here is that I think the interesting thing about the Schefter piece is not that it has a chilling effect on those who report on the NFL, but I could see this having a chilling effect on a company like ESPN that it forces a company like ESPN or Fox or CBS or whoever to toe the line to say, you guys can't keep making this thing a story. You guys have to kill it on your end. And that includes killing it with your reporters. And that is not supposed to be how journalism works. Sure. Cause at the end of the day, they are still broadcast partners. So exactly. Cause if you remember, ESPN was running all those stories years ago about, you know, when concussions first came into the spotlight about they knew about the damage of concussions and were doing nothing. And they quietly went to ESPN and basically told them, you got to turn the dial back. Forget that. Remember Playmakers? Yes, Playmakers. Yes, I remember that. That yeah, NFL that came and said, you're, you're going to stop that right now. And yeah. ESPN stopped it. It reminded me of that old, now I'm showing my age, that show on um, HBO First and Ten, where every now and then OJ or Marcus Allen or somebody would cameo on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So the other thing I wanted to cover, because this was the other huge story this week, um, was Kyrie Irving. And just to be able to set the context for people, so Kyrie Irving um, is the starting point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. And Kyrie Irving has, uh, because he's playing in Brooklyn, uh, the city of New York, has basically mandated that for all indoor gatherings, you got to be vaccinated. So he has decided that he is not going to get vaccinated. But the reason why he's not getting vaccinated is not because he doesn't believe in the science and not because uh, he thinks it won't work or will get him sick. He's not doing it because he thinks it's unfair that people are losing their jobs because they're being, and I'm using air quotes here, forced via a mandate to get vaccinated. So he feels like he can make a difference and he needs to take a stand. So he is not going to get vaccinated so he can give, quote, a voice to the voiceless. So in response to this, the Nets have decided that Technically, he could be a part-time player and just play road games. So the Nets have decided, no, you're not playing at all until you get vaccinated because it's in the best interest of the team and our organization. You can't be a part-time player. You're either all in or all out. This is not the hokey pokey. So my question to you guys, and um, Alan, I'll start with you. My question to you, Alan, is pretty like like what was your initial thought when you heard this and then secondly like 
I don't know what to do with Kyrie because I believe he's a good dude who's trying to make the world a better place. I just don't think this is the hill to die on. Yeah, yeah I... So, I mean, I'm glad you picked me. I'm not glad you picked me. Uh, I mean, Kyrie's a different dude. And, you know, usually I appreciate that so much. I, I, I wish... And and you stated it well, but I I wish he was a touch clearer on exactly what he stands for sometimes, because he does leave for a lot of wiggle room and a lot of, of, you know, unclear stuff. Uh, I I think I may have joked with all of you at the, you know, this first came up, it's like, you know, we all could have warned KD that this is what he was in for, (laughs) that this was not going to be a dude who was just going to you know, be like, yeah, we're going to go win a bunch of titles together. Um, You know, I hate to go down this road, but the shittiest part of all of this is that the degree to which information has been politicized makes it really, really difficult to navigate these waters. Um, Normally, in a a circumstance when a guy is saying he wants to stand up for the group that he thinks isn't being heard, I mean, I would I would jump in line for that a hundred times out of a hundred. But um, it, it it's tough for me to to see exactly where he's going with this. Aside from like, you know, this guy who was able to go to Duke and only play 18 games and he's never really had any worries in his life and you know he uh, got a narrative slash LeBron uh, title um, made one really big shot kind of made him think he's probably a little bit better than he is Um, and and he turned into this soothsayer and I I just wish I, I wish I could talk to him so I could know more what's going on there and, and decipher if this is just, you know, the typical guy that all of us would have run into on college campuses who think they're, you know, three times smarter than they really are. Or is this a guy who really gives a shit and is just trying to do whatever he can? And, you know, we just don't live in a world where that's that's easy to know. I mean... My knee-jerk reaction, though, is like, you know, if you want to support the working man, there's a lot of ways that you could do it and still play basketball every night with the people who worked to be on a basketball team with you. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Um, you get interviewed in the locker room every single evening. Um uh, I'm not belittling anything by saying this, but you know the NBA loves a T-shirt message. Um, there's a lot of stuff he could he could do to support uh, people um, that could still involve him. And he does, like he does a lot of that he, stuff he, he already. His mouth mouth is in a lot of ways. Um, I would love if he would you know i think he, he he's in the because i think i think the tough thing about this vaccination piece is when you hear athletes say that 
well, you know, I'm a top 1% athlete. I've got nothing to fear from COVID. Um, they also have nothing to fear from the vaccine for the same reason um, and, and other reasons. But uh, so, so it, it, it's tough for me. This is a really tough one for me to, to unpack. Uh, I've seen Whitlock and others try to compare him to Ali. Um, anti-war is a lot cleaner of a stance than don't get your COVID vaccine when you've been getting vaccines for most of your life. So this one's messy. I wish it wasn't happening because he's a delight. Um, him and KD, uh, I mean, Harden's kind of Harden, but uh, him and KD can do some magical things. Um, but but, but it, it's this one's a tough one for me. Uh, normally I have lines in the sand on stuff, but this one I haven't come back all the way yet. That's fair. That's fair. Brian, Brian, what do you think of Kyrie? Oh, man, it's a tough one because I would agree with you, Alan. I mean, I, I, I think this aside, yeah, the dude's a little quirky, but I think we could agree he's a good dude. I mean, he, um, he paid salaries for WNBA players who opted out and were losing salary for not playing in the bubble. Um, he's, you know, bought kid books and backpacks for kids for school. He does a lot of work with Native Americans, who, you know, in their cause. So, like, the dude puts his money where his mouth is. But I just feel like, and, and this is, we kind of talked about this on the previous pod in terms of, like, LeBron and, like, the megaphone that he has and his advocacy for things. But just take his name out, but just put anybody who's in that position. You have a megaphone. You have an opportunity to speak on things that a lot of people can't. So for you to kind of forego that megaphone to talk about the things that you care about, like, I I wouldn't question that he doesn't care about them, but I guess you're kind of shorting yourself that opportunity to speak on the things that that really bother you or the things that really affect you. As it pertains to the vaccine, though, um, and this is where I think it kind of gets tricky because I mean I think we all heard what Draymond Green said about you know the vaccines and and you know teammates doing it or, or not doing it. Um, I think you have the argument that if you're all in and if you, if you're truly close to a championship like the Nets are favored to be, why would you not take it because you have a really good opportunity to get it. Um, I think the NBA kind of, like with most sports, they're not going to mandate it, but I think they're kind of taking the easy way out by leaning back on what the state and um, and local uh, municipalities what their what their what the law is what the law is or what the regulations are. I just feel like at the end of the day, I think I'm tired of COVID. You guys are tired of COVID. We're all tired of COVID. The sooner we if people get vaccines, the sooner we can get past this shit and we can get back to, you know, I don't know that it, the life that we knew before COVID is probably over, but we could probably get as close to it as we can. Um, I, I don't really have a whole lot of sympathy for him at all because you could take it and, you know, and, uh, you know, reduce your chance and like, you know, all those things that they tell you about the vaccine. Um, but I also, 
I kind of fall down. I fall with the nets on this one. You know, you have the right not to take it. You have the right. You know, they have the right to not pay you and or not be employed. I think people are just at a point now. Listen, man, we got a not a solidified way out of this, but we got the door cracked. We got a way to really kind of change this thing. So either you're kind of with it or you're not. And if you're not, you know, I don't agree with Ben Shapiro very often, but he said the argument about the vaccine. Uh, its efficacy is over. Like it's over at this point. So people need to make their choices and live with their consequences. So uh, that's what Kyrie has chose to do. So he's willing to lose $16 million, I guess at this point, $32 million. Um, but if he's willing to live with that, I mean, I guess so am I. All right, good point. Good point. <clears throat> Pat, are you, are you team Kyrie on this? Oh, I mean, He's never really bothered me, like you guys have all pointed out. He's just been, you know, kind of an interesting guy. He's We've all known a Kyrie at our in our lives at some point. Yeah, for sure. And he's a dude that's like what he's one minute he says the Earth is flat. Um, he might have said something about the moon landing being fake. Who knows? But um, <clears throat> you know, ultimately, uh, it's a decision he's making. Uh, the the team has to address it however they feel like they want to address it. And it sounds like they were like, nah, you're not going to play 41 games. We'll, we'll just move on without you. So it's weird. <laughs> I mean, I honestly never thought this was going to shake out where you've got some people that, that aren't going to do it. But, you know, God bless him. Let him do whatever he wants. I think I think the stage is set, though, for potentially the greatest comeback ever, and that's Steve Nash, comeback player coach. Um, he's, that's something I had not <laughs> considered at all. Well, think about it. He's only what 46, 47. I mean, Tom Brady's only. still playing. I mean, he's probably not in NBA shape, but I mean, he could give you 18, 19, 20 minutes a night at this age, just distribute the ball. I mean, let's think about that. Let's, let's start that on Twitter. Nash yeah, for point I, I mean, guard. I mean, I mean, if, if he gets on that Tom Brady cocktail, uh, yeah, he'll yeah. be ready to go in two weeks. <laughs> By this logic, Jordan is Jordan in his sixties is going to give you guys seven to nine minutes a night. By this logic, well, no, I was Nash is uh, when he retired in twenty fifteen, whatever it was. It wasn't that long ago, twenty fourteen. I don't remember, but it was earlier uh, than that. Was because it? he was he he was a consultant for the for, for the Warriors team that won. Not even that he was playing with he was playing on the Lakers at the end with Kobe and Dwight Howard. Like yeah. that's like yeah. ten years ago. Hold on, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Let's see. Hang on. Well, well while you're looking that up, I, I am going to point out that if if uh, if if Kyrie was, was white and five nine. Uh, uh, you know, he, he, he probably would Cole Beasley. He, he would have been that bearded guy. Cole Beasley. That, that, that we all walked by um, after parties on the way to the dorm room playing his fucking acoustic guitar, acting all deep and shit to try to pick up chicks. I mean, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> Smoking well, cloves. He played his last season in the 2013-2014 season. And he only played 15 games, so I'm guessing he didn't make it to 2014. Yeah, so you, so it's fair to say he's been retired for for eight or nine years now. Yeah, I mean that was more of a joke, but listen, <laughs> it's it's a funny thought. No, I mean, it is a funny I, thought. You know, uh, 
businesses can always do what they want. They left this up to the players to decide, and the players said, "Sorry, we're not. We don't need you part time." So, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm going to be honest with you guys. I I think he's. I just think he's wrong. Like I I just flat think he's wrong about this, and that's not to say that he doesn't care or doesn't. It, it's not anything about that to me. If you acknowledge, and this is based on reports, if you acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with the vaccine and that the vaccine works, you are just not going to take it off of some principled stand to give voice to the voiceless. I'm sorry, but no, no, Kyrie, no, no, I'm not. No, like, no, like I, I really struggle with this, with this coming from him, like. I don't want to be rude or disrespectful, but if we're going to be honest with each other, honest with each other, you dribble a basketball for a living. Like this is not the hill to die on. It just isn't. All this work that you're doing with Native American communities and 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 historically black colleges and paying for WNBA salaries, like yes, you are making a difference and you should continue to do that work. But when you say I'm not getting vaccinated for whatever reason, you're also saying you reserve the right to get someone else sick. And that's where Alan I or Brian, whichever one of you guys said it about the whole. Well, people want to compare you to Ali and the whole, you know, war thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, if you get tennis elbow, I have no chance of getting tennis elbow. But if you get COVID, and regardless if you're vaccinated or not, I might get COVID. Like, on principle, this is not the hill to die on. Then, if Ted Cruz is agreeing with you, you might want to reevaluate your position. Uh, that's all sage, i'm saying and sage steel yeah like like th- like this just isn't the hill to die on and so i applaud you know brooklyn not even applaud them they did what they had to do or they did what they were supposed to do but i'm not gonna lie if i am his teammate can you imagine if Kyrie played with jordan and he told jordan i'm not taking the vaccine there would have been a murder at the practice facility yeah. What do you mean you're not taking the vaccine? It would have been that would that story would have been way bigger than John Gruden this week. You are he's Jordan, you're gonna see it breaking. They're gonna come wake you up at three in the morning, like when Osama bin Laden got killed, to tell you that Jordan just murdered 75 people at a practice facility because he blacked out because Kyrie told him, I'm not taking the vaccine on this principal stand. <laughs> if we are this close to a title. And you're telling me that, like, this might be my, so if you're LaMarcus Aldridge or you're Blake Griffin or you're James Harden, and this is your best chance to get a title, and this guy's not going to do that, but claim we're a team, man, get the fuck out of here, man. I'm not trying to hear that bullshit. I kind of go back to what LeBron said. My job is to make sure that I'm available for my team. And the best way I can be available for my team is to take this vaccine. Not to mention, because I just saw this this morning, 77% of people over the age of 12 have taken the vaccine now. We have the opportunity to get this thing under control. And you, on some principle, are going to do... No, I'm sorry. No, Kyrie, you're fucking wrong, bro. You're just fucking wrong about this shit. And it blows my mind that 
that that that you think that you're going to be a voice for the voiceless. That's not the hill to die on, bro. It just isn't. I'm sorry. It's it, it's not. <laughs> Dennis, I I agree. And he, he, when I put myself in the myself in the shoes of KD, you know what I think of? Like you you'll probably remember old text messages from uh, from a, a few years ago, but remember the the looks that LeBron was giving his teammates in Miami when they were getting their ass beat that last year against San Antonio. And it's like game one specifically where he kind of like sat on the scorer's table. Like, yeah, what are we doing here? And that's what he knew he had to go. Like this team's out of gas. We don't have it. It, it, it. Yeah. And then 36 hours later, People are tracking plane rides and shit and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, okay, he's in Cleveland and he's orchestrated 47 trades and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, I think about it similarly where, like, Kevin Durant especially is sitting there being like, really? You know, we talked about this. Um, we talked about what we're doing. Um I mean, I don't care if Harden's heel- feelings are hurt. I mean, fuck. he's not play the defense or, or try off the ball anyways. But um, it, it, I, I would be real – God, I would love to know the inner workings of what's going on there uh, from a chemistry standpoint. Well, you also, too, think about if you're KD now, this is part of your legacy because you left Steph and the Warriors for this. For this bullshit! You left for this bullshit! Can you imagine if Kobe was living and Kyrie says, I'm not taking a vaccine? Kobe's on the first fucking flight to Brooklyn to say, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then he murders him in the practice facility. Jordan and Kobe combine and kill him. What are we talking about? And that was your guy. I just don't get it. Please, somebody explain to me. It makes no sense to me. This is not the hill you want to die on. You do not, like, you just don't want to do this, bro. Like, this is not it. It just, it just, it's no. Come on, man. You got to be smarter than that. You just got to be smarter than that. Yeah. I mean, you'd hope, but, you know. At the end of the day, man, people make their choices, and you know you got to live with your choices. So he feels as though that's what's in his best interest. Fine. I'm telling you, also- if he was my teammate and we got close to a title that we could have won and didn't because he wasn't there, I'm telling you now, it's either don't ever speak to me again, or it's what Randy Moss said about Jason Whitlock this week on site. I don't want to hear it on site if this was my one chance and you could have been there and you know not to mention he's already a part-time player where he takes all these days off for 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 oh you know i woke up this morning and i wasn't feeling like it and they pay you a lot of money bro they pay you a lot of money let's bring it full circle i mean i'm pretty sure I'm, i'm i'm not quoting here but i'm pretty sure john gruden would call him a pussy that's but you know that's He's not, that's pretty. He's not, that is pretty he's, accurate. He's not a man's man, right? You no, know, something, like, something, Gruden, along, Gruden, something along those lines. Gruden may have even already called him a pussy and just didn't email it. He probably just thought he would say that to his friends, like, "What do you think this pussy's doing? Not out there going to play because he's gonna 
you know, make a social uh, stand for those that, that are going to lose their jobs. I, I get what you're saying. And it's, I, I just think that, that, that these guys, uh, you know, they're, they're not Jordan. They're not the bird, the magic, the guys, the old guys that are ultra competitive and, and they're just not, it's just a different breed of guy now. And, for right or, for better or worse, that's just who we have to deal with. Pat, you just made me think of something. George Carlin had a bit years ago, and he called it the continued pussification of America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in that bit, he talks about how these child names have gotten soft over time with names like <laughs> yeah. Tyler and Tucker uh-huh. and, and oh, all yeah. of this. Like, 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 it just feeds into that. And, and, and I'm not there's no direct correlation between those two things. I'm just making a joke, but I, I, I get it, Kyrie. And I want you to do all of your philanthropic things and all of that. But bro, this just ain't the hill to die on, man. Like I get, you want to save the world and I get, you want to do all of that, but just fundamentally, like this just doesn't make sense on any level. Like it, ju- it just really, really doesn't. And again, by you not getting vaccinated, you're saying you reserve the right to get someone else sick. We, we're, like, it, like it's not a private matter anymore. If you can get me sick, there's nothing private about that. Well, is this a conspiracy theory too? Think about this for a moment. He's got a championship. KD has a championship. Is this like his way of like, you know what? We don't really like Harden. We didn't really want him here. So fuck it. I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm only 27 or right? however old he is. If that's but, true but, and I'm Harden, it's on site when I see him. But on the flip <laughs> it's side, on site but, when but I on see the flip side, if KD's foot is like an inch the other way, they, they could have won the title without him. So you oh, really don't year? even need him. Yeah. yeah, last year. So yeah. you don't need him. Yeah, but it'd be a hell of a lot easier with him. It'd be a hell of a lot easier with him, sure. But but do you really need him? I don't know, but I think it goes back to something that Allen said that he never wanted to play sidecar to LeBron, forced his way out after the 2017 season, only to go back to LeBron two or three seasons later and be like, "I get what you were trying to do because it's hard to lead these dudes in Boston," like. Like he wanted to be the man, then became the man, and then understood. Oh, it's not easy to wear the crown. Well, th- th- that end, you, you know, b- b- because he hit one shot and and happened to be a really bad matchup for an for an historic team. I I, I think that he he probably got a little outsized view of what he was. And I mean, I mean, he's he's a talented guy. I mean, I mean, he's a great player. Um, I mean, is he top fifty? Maybe top seventy-five. <laughs> but 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 like, I, I, no, he's not top seventy-five. There are seventy-five guys in the history yeah, of this league. I, I, that are better I just than Kyrie think he had, he, he had a weird stretch where um, the league made a decision to slow some things down. He happened to hit a big shot. Um, He's really good at dribbling between his legs really quickly in front of uh, at the top of the key, and he can finish um, a lot of different ways. And if you're if you're six four like Steph Steph Curry is, and you don't lay on his right hand, he might be able to hit a wing three. 
Um, so, so he's a real talented guy. I, I just think that there are some limited events that gave him an outsized idea of what he really is in terms of overall NBA and world impact. Well, when you're when you're when you're a guy whose whose entire career, and this is pretty much pretty much anybody playing professional football or basketball these days, these guys are all you know they're they're sought after. They're 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 always in the media eye. Coming all the way back to to their high school days. So, you know, what kind of narcissism does this breed in in a person? Right? You know, I don't know. Just, that's just a thought. It's probably a bad thought, but no, it's not a bad thought. I just, again, I just really struggle with this because I, I just don't. I, I understand you want to take a principled stance on things because people do take principled stance at some point in their lives on on certain things. I'm just saying this is not the hill to die on, and I know that I'm passing judgment on what hills people should die on. That's not lost on me, but bro, in a pub, in a in a in a global pandemic. In a major health crisis, this is not, this is not the hill to die on. Well, I guess one of the things I was talking with the coworker, and one of the things we talked about because they were, um, they had hesitation about masks. They were just kind of, if I get it, I get it. You know, I don't want to do it. You know, it's stupid. You know, I should have the choice. You know, vaccine mandates, yada yada yada. Is and it- so, the only thing that I said to them, I was just trying trying to put it in a, in, a, in a different context like okay so let's let's put it this way if you don't want to wear your mask don't wear your mask you don't want to get a vaccine don't get the vaccine but then you don't have the right in my opinion don't complain about this pandemic about people dying or you somebody hopefully that doesn't happen but somebody in your family that dies or somebody you know all these things that go along with the pandemic because we're all tired of it we're all fatigued of it the one thing I just looked at, I was like, so the question I would have to ask you is how much longer do you want to deal with this? Because the answer is here. You could wear the mask, you can get the shot, and we could, as a collective, you know, try to put this thing to bed or as close to it as we possibly can. Because there are some people, forget the people who are anti-vax, there are some people who who are immunocompromised or there may be some reason and I don't want to get into what air quotes legitimate reason, but there are people who cannot take it for whatever reason. Like, but as many people as we can, let's get this thing done. But my question was, how much longer do you want to deal with this? Because I know I don't want to deal with this. I think we've been dealing with this way, way too long. And I think collectively, if you polled a lot of people, they would tell you, yeah, we're kind of over this. We're kind of done. So Kyrie, what I would ask him is, Okay, you don't want to get your vac- you don't want to get the vaccine. Okay, that's your choice. I'm not going to try to sway you one way or the other, but I would ask you, how much longer do you want to deal with this? How much longer do the people that you interact with, how much longer do you think they want to deal with this? The people who you are going to have a voice for, you want to speak for the um, the vaccine mandates and the people who were hourly and everything like that, like you're a good dude, you want to help these people, but how much longer do you think they can hold out? Is he going to pay their salary? All these people that are going to lose oh, their jobs that's, because that's what I'm is saying. he going to pay? Is he, is he going to pay all these? Like, like where does this like stop? Like, where does this stop? Come on, Kyrie, you just being and, silly now. And that's my point. So, how much longer do you want to deal with this? So we can keep deal with this indefinitely, or 
We can wear a mask and get the vaccine. Because if he was Bezos and had that type of money, I mean, Bezos just flew Captain Kirk to the moon and back today. You know what I mean? If you got that kind of money and want to take that principal stand because you could afford it, cool. But come on, man. You can't even afford to take this principal. So you ain't going to replace these people's the money in their pocket. Like, well, no. well, 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 that's the thing. You can afford to take that stand, but the people that you're speaking for, that you claim to be speaking for, they can't. And did these people ask you to speak for them? Like, that's a huge assumption that these people, these people who are voiceless, you know, took a vote and picked Kyrie Irving to speak for them. Like, that is such an arrogant assumption. Dennis, that's my issue with it, right? You just hit it nail on the head when people who can afford to miss a paycheck for forever – start to represent people who work paycheck to paycheck, I have a problem with it. We're, these are not the same worlds. Exactly. Our struggles are not the same. Yeah, and, and, and you start to give people a spiritual or, or social support that is not lined up with the world they live in and the world that their family depends on. Yeah, 100%. I just think it's an arrogant position to take. Um, You know, if you were saying, I don't trust it, you know, uh, the other comment I hate is, well, I need to do research. Well, wait a minute. You're going to go to Google like the rest of us. You're not about to do real legitimate academic research. You're going to be lazy as hell and you're going to go to Google like the rest of us. But or 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 show us your research. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, no, dog ate my homework. Sorry. I don't have it. Forgot it at home. So, yeah, I don't know. So that's so let me ask you guys this and and we can end on this. Assuming Kyrie doesn't play for the Nets all year. Who do you think comes out of the East and who do you think wins the title? Assuming Kyrie doesn't play all year. Um, Is it uh, Alan? Is it safe for Nick's talk? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Nick's corner. Nick's Everybody, corner. we have now we have now entered the Nick's corner. <laughs> yeah, uh, boy, did we go down the, the wrong hallway here, folks? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I think uh, I haven't really done my NBA preview yet, so you'll have to bear with me. Um, just based off memory, um, I think that the Heat are interesting. Uh, I don't think the Hornets are there, just quite there. Call me crazy. Um, but I would probably put my money, if it's not um, if it's not Brooklyn, I, I'd say give me Milwaukee. I, I, think, I, think, I think the safe money's on Milwaukee. Assuming Kyrie's out all year, I think the safe money's Milwaukee simply because there's – they've built up scar tissue and have some institutional knowledge. Cause you and can't I, trust I, Boston. I, I just, I can't trust Boston. I just, I want to, but I just, I can't. I respect that. And Philly, but, I don't know what the hell's going on. Over there. Who was Boston's head coach? Ime Udoka. Uh, Ime Udoka. Yeah. I mean, Long time Spurs assistant. The fact that it's not Brad Stevens, they've got a chance. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> He's married to Nia Long, by the way, too. So I'm pulling for him because of that. 
but, but I'll, I'll let somebody else chime in before I start with my app. <laughs> Pat, uh, Pat I, who comes out of the East? Well, I think the smart money is probably Milwaukee, just like you said. I mean, they, they have they have the, the lineage, so to speak, of uh, having just been there. They have the best player in the league overall. I think you could probably say Giannis is probably the best overall player in the league right now. So, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is a shit show. Uh, I want to believe in the Knicks. I, I will be pulling for the Knicks personally this season in the East. Uh, Boston, you know, uh, I guess there's a chance. They got a puncher's chance. But Oh, oh I, also, I, also Atlanta. <laughs> excuse me. I was going to oh, say, yeah, there's, no, yeah. there's no Hawks love out here? God, God Jesus you Christ. Cubs, I, for, I, for, fucking thunder. I forgot about the Hawks. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, be, I'll, I'll put myself on mute. I'll I'll I'll, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I, was tramp, I was trampling in with the Trey Young. The took the Bucks to seven without two guys. Um, Cam Reddish is ready to step into a big three and D role. I got the Hawks. I got the Hawks coming out of the East. Hot take, well, everybody. Well, it doesn't matter because Le- LeBron's going to get his fifth at the end of this. So, you know, I will. I will. I'm kidding. All I'm you. kidding. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. So, I'm going to say this. I think Kyrie comes back because I'm not convinced that he's going to be out all year. Even Ben Simmons came back when he found out they were going to withhold eight million dollars from him. I think he comes back. I don't think he sits out all year. I don't care how principled he thinks he is. I think he comes back, and I think, you know, assuming everybody's healthy, I think it's Brooklyn. But when it comes to the West, I honestly think it's a crapshoot. I don't trust this Laker team that this Laker team will get to the finish healthy. Like, I'm sorry. They are a sprained ankle and a sprained knee away from being a seven seed again. Like, I I don't trust them. I don't well, know who problem, comes out the of the West, with, but it's it's must see TV. Because I, I I'd like to uh, throw my hat in the ring with the uh, with my former hometown Phoenix Suns, but I feel like that was lightning in a bottle. I don't know if they can do that two years in a row. Um, not because of, and because they didn't pay eight, and I think the chemistry's off there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think there's that. I mean, Denver is always an interesting. Um, an interesting watch. I would really love for Dame to get out of Portland because that's just not – he's not going to win there. And I think he knows that. He's just trying to be a loyal company guy. But, yeah, I don't – I have no idea. I guess if – gun to my head, I guess I would pick the Lakers just because they have the experience of people who have been there before so they can kind of figure it out and load manage their way to a three seed. Um, but also you get Clay back. In, in Golden State, so I just I borderline want to fight you because you just said that they could load manage their way to a third seed. That is up there and akin to wide receiver number one. Like <laughs> like like people who talk like that. Like well, the idea I mean, that they would load manage their way to a three seed. God, that pisses me off. Well, I mean they're not they're not the Clippers. I mean, is Kawhi even coming back? It's highly year? doubtful. It's highly. De- I will say the team I want to make the finals is Denver. I want a healthy Jamal Murray. I want to see that team in the finals, or 
the basketball purist in me would love to see Utah. That would be a ratings killer, but I love, love, love the way Utah plays. Uh, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, I, I'm with you, Dennis. A, a, a Western Conference Finals of Golden State and Utah would be freaking beautiful. Styles make fights. I agree. And, and it would be even more beautiful because that meant one of them knocked off LeBron and the other one knocked off Portland. So I mean, I mean that's a Final Four in the Western Conference that is exhilarating. I mean, Wait, you're saying Portland's a Final Four team in the West? I think I think they still are. When you have a top six player, you're a top six player. Nah, I'm sorry, can't see it. They've only done it. They've only been in the conference final once with Dame. I I can't see it. They can't but, stay but, healthy. But, but 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 who's who's so we, we we've got. We've got Golden State, Lakers, Portland, Utah. Who 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 else is better than Portland? I think Phoenix is better than them. Um, I would say in a in a seven game series, I would take Luca and Dallas over them. Depending on which Paul George you get, you might say the yeah. Depending on which Paul George I get, absolutely, I would take the I would take the Clippers right now over them. Based on what I saw last year, I would take the Clippers over Portland right now. I know. I don't think I'm going there. <laughs> any 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 conversation that starts with Paul George being anything is he's well past his prime. No, I would take Utah, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, Dallas, Golden State. That's six teams right now. I'd take over Portland. I'm not saying they don't make the playoffs. You know, honestly, I mean, yes, I mean, honestly, but honestly, though. And going toe to toe, I would roll a dice with Memphis. I mean, Jaw's a problem. See, that's what I'm saying. Jaw's a problem. I, I'll roll the dice on Memphis. You know, I'm not taking Houston. I'm not taking San Antonio or or Minnesota. I'm not taking or New Orleans. New Orleans. I'm not taking. Uh, you know, whoever I'm not thinking. Sacramento. Of. Yeah, nah, they're they're dick they're they're blue balls. They're dick tees. Like they're not really good. The league makes it very clear that they do not want the team so, so no. we can put that to the side. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about the Kings. The Kings, I, I, I feel confident in saying the Kings in my lifetime will never win. They had the That's best the, chance with Weber and those guys, and the league fucked them. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. Listen, listen. That is a game Dennis and I used to entertain ourselves with. Like, it's called in your lifetime. Like, in your lifetime, do you think you'll ever see the Kings win the NBA championship? No. No. In your lifetime. I feel confident about that. No, I, I don't think after, that happens. That series, hell no. The only team that makes me nervous about that, Brian, honestly, hand to God, is the Cleveland Browns. Because they finally feel like they are a competent football team. But I got to see it. I still got to see it. No, I was, I, I, I'm pretty confident uh, where I've lived. I've not necessarily been a Browns fan. I'm pretty confident the league has decided the Browns and Bills will never win. Um, no, no worries there. Um, oh no, I don't buy that Bills talk this year. After what I saw Sunday, after I, what I, I saw I'm Sunday, I don't buy that Bills talk. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying they won't be allowed to win. Well, they let Kansas City win. They were kind of like the Bills. 
So yeah, yeah, that's because that, they had the mini Michael Jordan of the league there for a, a second. League. See, I feel like that's true of Jacksonville. I feel like no matter what Jacksonville does, Jacksonville will never win a title because it was a mistake to give them a team. Oh, well, they certainly won't now. Their coach has got his fingers up buttholes. So. <laughs> this might be our, our cue. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's Come probably – <laughs> you, you, you knew I wasn't gonna... gone from podcast. To Come on, Pat! You just up. said he went bowling in his own bar with some ass. Come on now. Well, he did, and got you know that's that's for him and Shelly to figure out. That's not for uh, me well, to decide. Well, if, if if you're looking for a, a bow to put on it, the Buffalo Bills still have OJ Simpson in their <laughs> Ring of Honor. So if they have OJ Simpson, who Killed two really? People. They do? Sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry. Allegedly, because he's he's still me? looking for the killers. So no, yeah. seriously, yeah. he's still in their ring of honor. But, they so, but John, out of Tampa Bay. That <laughs> so 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 that's my point. If yeah. OJ Simpson alleged alleged murder of two people and convicted armed robber is still in the Buffalo Bills ring of honor, I feel like we could have. Taking our time with Gruden. Not saying you not saying not to remove him. I feel they like move way too of, quick. I think <laughs> they, they moved a little too, too quickly. Well, so well, what, what there, there there's saying? your bow. Uh, I, I, I saw somebody pointed out that, that, that they removed John Gruden from the Ring of Honor, but this is a team that just signed Richard Sherman. You know, like, what, what well, and on, hold on, and Antonio Brown. Like, yeah. like you guys didn't <laughs> think this through. And and in the Ring of Honor is Warren Sapp, who they had. If Dallas had the White House, the Tampa people, they had the Batcave. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know this. Please tell this real quick. I don't oh, yeah, know anything yeah, yeah. about this. I don't know anything so, about this so, Tampa uh, business. So, so, you know, the infamous Michael Irvin and all the guys that spend so much money on hotels in Dallas, they all just went in and bought a house together, and they called it, like, the White House or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was all strippers and cocaine and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the players in Tampa did the same thing, and they called it the Batcave. Shut the fuck up. I did, I've never heard this. Yeah. So, so it was all like Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and, and Ron yeah, yeah. Barker. And I, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I know Warren Sapp, the players, Rice, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know all the players. I know, I know Warren Sapp was one of them because he admitted it. So, and not to mention all the other uh, things that Warren Sapp has been arrested for and he has done um, in his post playing career, in addition to Sherman and Antonio Brown. To make the statement about Gruden that he doesn't that doesn't jive with our corporate val- or with our team values and how we feel and like, yeah, but like if you're if you're if you're playing that game, I think we all kind of agree that that's kind of a bullshit statement. But if you're playing that game and you're really going to do take it there, then there's so, a lot of people you're going to have to reevaluate. So I'm going to say this is history here. Yeah, so I'm going to say this. I think we can end it here. I think what the four of us need to do is open a rehab facility for very bad people and help to rehabilitate them. And our first two clients are going to be John Gruden and the owner of Papa John's. Agreed. Because well, we can, we will devise a system by which we will reprogram your brain so that way listen, when you get pissed off, you don't say all of this batshit crazy things that you think you need to say just because you're pissed, but don't necessarily realize, oh, by the way, I'm super racist and homophobic. Like, if we can well, figure well, that well, out, well, like, well, we would make a ridiculous amount of money. Well, we, could save the, we, could just, save, we could save a lot of people from themselves. 
just Gruden because Shaq's got Papa John. Like he's got that. So just we'll focus on Gruden. No, no, no. no. They moved out. the Papa John guy out. Like, like they moved him out. I'm saying we could rehabilitate him so he could start another pizza company that we could get a percentage of. Is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Fair enough. You know. Fair enough. Well, it, it, I used to have this idea years ago. Remember when Pac-Man Jones was getting in trouble and stuff? I thought I should start a company. It's just like a, it's it's called a, like a common sense coordinator. And, you know, he's in your entourage. <laughs> and basically what his job is, when you go to do that thing, like, I don't know, like get a garbage sack full of money, he's going to pull you aside. And you sign the contract, and he's going to be like, oh, we got to go right now. And you got all your people got to go, too. Everybody's got to leave. And that was going to be my business model. Like, you know, it wasn't for every client, but for a number of people, this would have benefited them. Like, you know, he's going to – what was that, Stephen Jackson in the parking lot of this titty bar in Indianapolis <laughs> – that would have been. That's a great story. We we would have pulled Stephen Jackson aside, like, "Hey, my man, that's uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up right now. <clears throat> Go ahead and put that gun away, and then they ha- you'd have to do it." Do you understand the insurance we'd have to carry to make that work? It would be ridiculous. Yeah, man. Like someone you know, would do it. There's a lot of hazard pay there. <laughs> there is, but we got plenty of people out there that want to do that. If we can fund, you know, companies like Blackwater or whatever these ex-military guys, we could get some of these people to be out there doing common sense coordinating for troubling athletes. It was a business plan I had years ago. Common sense coordinator. Yeah. I love it. Like, yeah. Guy, I, he's, not, he's not, he's not affiliated with your people, your crew. He's, he's a staff and he's, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to look at what's going on. I'm going to evaluate everything. I'm going to grab you by the arm and go, we got to go right now. Even if you're having a good time. Because I've already read the room. I know what the temperature is. I know what's going on. Urban Meyer could have used this the other night down at his bar in Dublin. As soon as I saw him grind, I was oh, like, hey, coach, co- coach, coach, I'm going to need to talk to you real quick. We're going to have this ain't it. Right this ain't it. This He'd be ain't like, it. No, I'm having a good time. I've had a few beers, coach. I think I was more. I think I was more offended by Urban Meyer that he had a salmon-colored Ohio State pullover on more than anything else. Because well, it just. I love it, salmon. It just it just screamed. This is worth three hundred dollars, and you can't afford it. And I I think that's what offended me the no, most. No, <laughs> no. I I love the troll that they had because that happened what that Thursday night or the Friday or whenever it was that weekend when they lost. When they came to the press conference on Monday, he wore the same fucking thing. <laughs> I, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, same fucking thing. Wow. Yeah, that's the troll. That that's that's a that's a top ten troll right there. God bless. Well, at, at this point, then John Gruden might own one as well. On that note, guys, I will I will thank you guys for jumping on. Uh, this is fun, and just want to encourage everybody who uh, took the time to listen to this episode. Make sure to email the pod at tall tatted and educated at gmail.com and, and, and let, and let us know what you think about this episode. And with that, um, we'll holler at you guys later. Appreciate you guys jumping on.